There was no plan when we started. And there still isn't really a plan. <laughs> I hadn't dreamt of making flour when we started. Welcome to Serial from Farmerama. This is a bonus episode featuring an extended interview about Mungo's Wells malt and milling and their Swiss Army flour mill. I'm Angus McDowell. I'm the farmer at Mungo's Wells, where we also have a little flour mill and a little maltings. Uh, I've been running the farm since 1984 and the mill's been going now for about four and a half years. My name's Alison Campbell. I'm 53 and I came into the uh, Mungus Wells Malton Milling when I was, oh gosh, 48, 47, knew nothing about it at all. And um, I am now, I can malt and I can mill um, I do the sales. I, I just love it. Uh, there's everything, and it has allowed me to find my passion. I think Angus, you should tell the story of the mill because you you have a, a really good story. You tell it very well. We started malting. We got involved first in two thousand and seven, and then we found that we needed to crush the malt for the little microbreweries because they don't all have their own mills. I was looking, we have a, a bruiser, farm bruiser, would have done the job, but it is the dustiest, dirtiest, most horrible piece of machinery and I didn't want it in here. I'm looking round and a flour miller said to me, have you seen the mobile Swiss army flour mills. I thought he was pulling my leg, I really did. However, we bought a mobile Swiss army flour mill. The thought of the Swiss going off, stravaging round Europe, beating up all their neighbours, um, yeah, I suppose they wouldn't have been able to feed the troops, so they had to take their own flour mill with them, perhaps. But actually, at the end of the day, I think in Switzerland you still do your national service for two years after you've finished at college or finished at school. And I think you can do your milling apprenticeship while you're in the, in the army doing your national service. And I think that's what these were built for. But this one, when it came here, we opened it up. And you can see how dusty it is in there. It was clean clean as a whistle. I don't believe it had ever had wheat in it. 30 years old. So I was very lucky. Once eventually we had the maltings sort of under control, it seemed a bit stupid to have a flour mill sitting and not make flour. So we started trying to make flour and there's me proud as punch and I take my first bag of flour into a small bakery in Edinburgh and the owner took one look at it and said, well, I suppose I could use that as a dusting flour. Now, it meant nothing to me, but it was only fit to dust the table so that the dough didn't stick to the table. 
so we had to go away and rebuild the flour mill. There were four of these Swiss Army mills to start with. One went to Pakistan, one went to one of the big flour mills down south, and the other chap was a farmer's son as well, but his older brother was running the farm. He did a milling training, went away to be a miller, and he bought one of these mills to set up on the farm at home. He's been a great help to me uh, right the way through. He told me why the mill wouldn't work as it was. He told me what to do. Uh, he actually found the machine that we bought to put in, except that it was completely rotten. Um, we rebuilt it here on the farm because I still didn't know if it would work once we put this machine in. We spent six or nine months, all the spare moments, building more bits and pieces and put this all together. And then, to everybody's amazement, I think, suddenly we were making saleable flour. And since then he has tweaked it and it's run on electricity, gravity and suction and a lot of make-do and mend, which is even better because he's not spending fortunes. So he's reusing, he's uh, regenerating old bits of machinery, and he's producing something that works. And as it turns out, it makes really good bread as well. It was 30 years old before I bought it, but we think that it was, to all intents and purposes, new. It hadn't really been used. Four or five years after we've started, it's now got 5,000 hours on the clock. Um, so we're, 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 and it's, that's building up as well. It's, it does a bit more every year from what it did the year before. Somewhere about six tonnes a week at the moment, which is quite a lot of loaves of bread. It goes way up into the roof. We'll go upstairs and have a wee look yeah, at the separators. Okay. See, all this was actually inside the trailer. All the green bits? All the green bits was inside the mobile trailer. And Angus, in his genius, has um, tweaked it, shall we say, just a bit. <laughs> Got to look after the mill. And it's, it becomes like a pet, you know, in a certain way. It's, you know, you're, you care for it and you look after it and uh, you give it respect that it's it's due which you must do because it's a, it's a dangerous machine um, if used incorrectly and you just have to be aware um, of what it can do. But when used correctly, it's so fulfilling. It's a great story, this grown on the farm, milled on the farm. To start with, it was all grain of our own production and I said, oh, we'll only use what we grow ourselves. And then we began to get too successful, too clever for our own good. And no, we are buying in. We have a field rented from a neighbour. I'm talking to other organic farmers about getting them to grow crop for us in Scotland. We can grow more on the conventional part of the farm. We are changing the rotation to be able to grow enough wheat for the mill. But on the organic part, 
it's a longer process. You've got to feed the ground in the previous year to build the uh, nitrogen in the ground to make the protein to get good enough quality wheat. How common is it then to have a mill on a farm like this where you're milling your own grain? I don't think anyone else does in Scotland. I don't know anyone else who's milling on the farm. Do you think this could be a model for other farms? Oh, no, no, it's dreadful. <laughs> it's, it's dreadful, it's terribly hard work. It's, it's, well, no, see it, more, see it slightly more seriously. If you were to try to set that up from scratch, new stuff, it would cost best part of a million. Not because the machinery, the actual mill unit separators, so on, cost as much, but you pay as much again to plumb it all together, to pipe it up, to fit it in so that before it'll work, electrics and everything as well, it is simply not viable to start a mill on this sort of scale. There's no economy of scale when you start working at this sort of rate. What we have is what I would call a changeover flower, which is we can't, uh, it's not one particular whole flower, it's a little bit perhaps of strong bread and a little bit of plain flour when I change on the mill, I have a flush through. The flour is of perfectly good quality, um, however, it can't be sold as a specific type. So what we've investigated is how can we benefit the community, you know, which group is going to be able to use this, and we give this flower to community groups, to local churches. We take sacks into our local high school in North Berwick. They use it. Lots of different community welfare groups, you know, and the, the most valuable commodity we have is our time. And I think it's it's best served along with fabulous bread. <laughs> so it's it's wonderfully, it's really good, yeah. Cereal is possible thanks to generous support from the Roddick Foundation. Subscribe to Farmerama to hear the rest of the series. You can find us on your favourite podcast app, on SoundCloud or at farmerama.co. If you enjoy the series, please do spread the word. And if you'd like to support Farmerama, visit patreon.com forward slash Farmerama. Cereal is produced and edited by me, Katie Ravel, with Abby Rose and Joe Barrett. Susie McCarthy and Hannah Sutherland also worked on the series. Our theme music is by Owen Barrett. A huge personal thank you to everyone who's helped make and share Serial, 